0: By 2001, Spencer Pryor had enjoyed a successful career in English football. The 30-year-old defender had played for several clubs. Finding a new team was never a problem. And this time, he was set to move from Manchester City to Cardiff City. As one of the more experienced players, it was a good deal. Good money. But Spencer had overlooked four clauses in his new contract. Clauses that he would never have agreed to. If he'd read them in the first place. And one of them, if he actually followed through with its requirements, would probably have put him in jail. Hey, welcome to The Pool Room, where we celebrate the winners, losers, and the weird stuff between. I'm Tony Armstrong, And today we're putting pen to paper on three of the wildest contract stories from the world of sports. In any athlete's career, signing a contract is a big deal, whether it's their very first professional agreement or a big money move to a new team, but it always pays to read the fine print. when Spencer Pryor signed with Cardiff City. It was the beginning of a new chapter in his football career. New team, new town, new country. It was a big move, but Spencer was used to it. Cardiff was his sixth club, so you'd think he'd be used to signing contracts by now. At the very least, you'd expect his agent would be across all of the details, but neither of them seemed to have read four bizarre clauses. The first clause stipulated that Spencer must (coughs) get physical with a sheep. The next clause required him to eat fried sheep's testicles, specifically with lemon and salt. The third clause said that Spencer must eat sheep's brains, this time with parsley, lemon and salt. And the last clause specified that he had to eat lamb liver, this time without seasoning. When rumours of the contract clauses leaked to the press, a Cardiff City spokesperson confirmed it was true. The club's chairman, Sam Hammam, was quick to explain. He said, It's simple. With Spencer being non-Welsh, he needs to prove to the people of Wales that he understands the place. Then he can become a true leader. But these food items had nothing to do with Wales. Fried sheep testicles are in fact considered a delicacy in many cultures, including the chairman's home country of Lebanon. Spencer Pryor was a little uneasy about the whole thing, but he tried to play it cool. He said, It must be the strangest contract in the history of football, but I'll try anything once. So, Cardiff City served up a dish of sheep testicles, complete with a pinch of salt, a squeeze of lemon, and garnished with parsley. And then, Spencer ate it but it was later revealed that the dish was actually just chicken. The whole thing had been an elaborate prank. While the clauses were indeed written into Spencer's Card of City contract, the club had no plans to enforce them. A spokesperson said, It's more of a fun thing, just in case anyone had missed the point. For this next story, I'm taking you back to the early 20th century, when baseball entered the modern age. America's favourite pastime is full of larger-than-life characters. Pitcher Ray Caldwell was undoubtedly one of them. He's remembered for his colourful life outside the ballpark, as much as his play inside it. One time, he was struck by lightning during a game, only to get back up and finish pitching through the remaining innings. That probably tells you all you need to know. Ray started his baseball career in 1910, as a 22-year-old playing for the New York Highlanders, a team later known as the Yankees. You might have heard of them. Ray had his ups and downs throughout his career, including a few injuries, which didn't help. To cope, Ray developed a drinking problem. His attitude towards baseball began to slip, only turning up for games when he felt like it. Initially, the Yankees handed Ray fines and suspensions, but when that didn't work, they released him. Following a short stint with the Boston Red Sox, Ray Caldwell joined Cleveland in 1919. Now 31 years old, he was considered a veteran player in his day, but he could still be a valuable contributor to the team if he could get his act together. But rather than trying to discipline Ray, Cleveland took a different approach his new contract stipulated that he was required to drink. I'm going to quote from his actual contract here. After each game he pitches, Ray Caldwell must get drunk. He is not to report to the clubhouse the next day. Ray could not believe what he was reading, but he signed the contract anyway. It also outlined that on the second day... He had to report to the manager and run laps at the ballpark, attend pitching and batting practice on day three, and play his next game on day four. Amazingly, Ray's performances started to lift, including throwing a no-hitter against his old team, the Yankees. But perhaps even more remarkable was his debut game for Cleveland, the very game in which he was struck by lightning, knocked unconscious, then got straight back up again to help his team secure the win. To more recent history now, and we're going to stay in the world of baseball, where so many of the wildest contract stories seem to come from. And this one will go down as one of the greatest deals in sports history, and it's still paying off. In 1991, third baseman and outfielder Bobby Bonilla signed with the New York Mets. At the time, the deal, which was worth more than $6 million a year, made him the highest-paid player in Major League Baseball. But Bobby failed to live up to expectations. Four years later, he was traded to another team. But Bobby Benilla's story doesn't end there. In 1998, he made a return to the Mets. Maybe the team thought he had some unfinished business. But once again, Bobby couldn't deliver the performances asked of him. After a disappointing 1999 season, the Mets decided to release Bobby the following year, allowing another team to pick him up. However, in terminating his contract, the Mets still owed Bobby about $6 million. The team could have paid him up front and been done with it, but Bobby and his agent made the Mets an offer. They proposed a deal that meant Bobby would defer his payment for 10 years. Then, starting in 2011, the Mets would pay Bobby almost $1.2 million a year, for 25 years, including 8% interest. It was a bold move. Surely the Mets were getting the raw end of the deal. Well, the team's owner didn't think so. At the time, he'd made some particular financial investments that he believed would bring in greater returns and at higher interest rates than the club would have to pay Bobby. So the Mets agreed. But it didn't turn out great for the ball club. The investments the Mets owner had bought into were led by Bernie Madoff. Yep, the same Bernie Madoff who went to prison for running the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. Now the Mets are stuck paying Bobby Bonilla $1.2 million every year until 2035 for a total payout of $30 US dollars, plus interest. By then, he'll be 72 years old. Not a bad retirement fund. Mets fans, at least, have a good sense of humour about it. Every year, on the 1st of July, they celebrate the big payday, known as Bobby Bonilla Day. I'm Tony Armstrong, and you've been listening to The Pool Room, an iHeart production. Catch up.